This is Chris with Nightfall Audiobooks. This next book will be Prom Queen by R.L. Stein. It's another Fear Street novel. I am not familiar with this book at all. I went through it. I tried to pick out as many characters as I could and assign voices. There seem to be a lot of characters, like 10 plus characters in this novel. If you've been following me for a little while, you know that I can only do 6 or 7 voices. I'm not a trained voice actor, I'm just a guy that does this in his spare time. And 10 or more voices is way, way beyond my vocal range. I just can't dial it in. I hope I do this book justice. So let's give this a shot. If you want to get in touch with me, you can write me an email, nightfallaudiobooks at gmail.com. I'm on YouTube, Nightfall Audiobooks. Leave me a like, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell... Whoever you might think would like to listen to me, read them R.L. Stein books. Thank you very much for listening, and I will see you at the end. Welcome to a Nightfall Audiobooks production of The Prom Queen by R.L. Stein, a Fear Street novel, book 15. Chapter 1 We couldn't stop talking about the killer. We tried to shut him out of our minds. But then one of us would remember and say something, and the talk would start all over again. We were all nervous. Not that any of us admitted it. No, we acted like it was all some big joke. But we were nervous, believe me, because the murder took place so nearby. Because the victim was a girl our age, a girl just like us. Look at it this way, Dawn was saying as she buttoned up her white silk blouse. At least the girl won't have to worry about finding a date for the prom. You're disgusting, I told her. For sure, Rachel agreed. It was after my gym class on Tuesday. The locker room was crowded with girls all trying to get dressed in a hurry for the prom assembly. The hot and steamy air was filled with shrieks and laughter. I put my left foot up on the wooden bench between Dawn and Rachel, who was wriggling into a pair of black denims and hurriedly tied my sneaker. Did you see the thing on the morning news? I asked them. Rachel shook her head. Dawn answered, About the murder? Yeah, they showed the police tramping around in the Fear Street woods searching for clues and they showed the muddy ravine where the hiker had found the body. Finally, they showed the girl zipped up in a blue body bag. Yuck! Dawn gagged. They also showed a blurry black-and-white photo of the girl. She had a really sweet smile. They said she was stabbed sixteen times. Well, she's not smiling anymore, quipped Dawn bitterly. Dawn had been making jokes like that since we'd heard about the murder. I figured it was her way of dealing with it. She was usually pretty good at hiding her emotions. Rachel glowered down at her. I just don't think that's funny. Lighten up, Don replied sharply. It's not like it was your sister or something. It's some girl nobody knows. I called my cousin Jackie at lunch, Rachel answered quietly. She lives in Waynesbridge. She says she knew her. Don and I both spoke up at once. She knew her? Why didn't you tell us? What did she say? How well did she know her? Very well, Rachel said, answering only my last question. They were like best buddies. Jackie was all broken up, a total mess. Rachel had been brushing her straight, red hair and long, hard strokes, but abruptly stopped. Her face became pale. I can't believe this really happened right here in Shadyside. I mean, it's so horrible. Does your cousin Jackie have any idea who might have done it? Dawn asked. Rachel shook her head. No. She says Stacy was just a nice kid who liked everybody. The police talked to Jackie, but she was too upset to think clearly. She couldn't tell them a thing. She dropped her hairbrush into her backpack and zipped it shut. I live on Fear Street, you know, and they found the body only a block from my house. I keep thinking it could have been me. I could have been the one they found. 
Well, it couldn't have been me, insisted Dawn as she finished applying her lip gloss. With all the weird stuff that goes on there, I wouldn't be caught dead in the Fear Street woods. She realized what she had said and burst out laughing. Yeah, I said. Well, this morning they interviewed this cop on TV, and he said that the murderer must have staked out Stacy's house. He thinks this psycho waited until she was all alone, and then... I looked up and paused just to tease my friends. And then, Dawn demanded, he murdered her in her bedroom. Dawn's mouth fell open in a frightened little O. I've always hated being alone in my house, she confided. Somehow, I don't think this is going to help you get over your problem, I told her. Dawn stared blankly at me for a moment, just a moment. Then she shrieked, clutched her head, and continued to yell at the top of her lungs. Her freak outburst earned her a chorus of laughter from the girls who were left in the locker room. On the other side of the room, Sherry Paulson held up an imaginary knife and started stabbing the air to make that weird sound from Psycho. You know the sound. The one they play whenever Anthony Perkins is stabbing somebody? <coughs> then Sherry marched around the locker room like a crazed zombie, pretending to stab everyone in sight. There was a lot of screaming. It wasn't really funny, but we laughed anyway. I mean, how should someone react when something horrible happens so close to home? Maybe kidding around like that helps. I don't know. The girl at the end of our row slammed her locker door shut and hurried out. Dawn jumped at the sound as if someone had fired a gun. Okay, she said. We've got to stop talking about this. I'm starting to freak out. Then I guess you don't want to hear the worst thing, I said. Dawn and Rachel both groaned. Worse than being stabbed 16 times, Dawn asked. What happened? She was run over by a truck? I thought you didn't want to know anymore, I said. What? 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 She begged. I continued. The police said this killing is just like the killing of that girl in Durham last week. Durham was about an hour's drive from Shadyside, but right then it didn't seem very far at all. So, Don said, what does that mean? Well, I said, it means there's a good chance that this is the work of a serial killer. A serial killer? murmured Rachel. That does it. I'm going to make my parents buy a dog. She stuffed her feet into a pair of torn running shoes. I mean, we don't even have a burglar alarm in our house. It was true. Rachel's parents were pretty poor compared to the rest of ours. I doubted that they could swing for an alarm system, even with a serial killer on the loose. The bell for next period jangled loudly. There was a groan from the few girls still left in the locker room. Come on, you two, Dawn said. Hurry up! She stood admiring her face in the mirror and made several sexy faces. I know what we should talk about instead of the murderer, she said. Who should I go to prom with? She proceeded to name four of the most popular guys at Shadyside High. They all asked you, exclaimed Rachel, astonished. Already? I chimed in. The prom is still five weeks away. Well, Dawn said, none of them has asked me yet, but they will, believe me. We were the last ones out of the locker room. The hallways were empty, a sure sign that we were late for assembly. We started to run, our sneakers squeaking on the tile floor. What about you? Rachel asked me as we tore down the hallway. You have a date yet? I shook my head, no. I would have had a date, if it wasn't for the United States Army. I'm serious. For over a year, I've been dating Kevin McCormack. Then his father, an Army major, got transferred to Alabama. Kevin's family moved in January. Since then, I've been dating him a long distance, by mail. We talked on the phone a lot at first, but when my dad got the phone bill, he put an end to that. So far, Major McCormack wouldn't give Kev permission to come back to Shadyside for the prom. Kevin's dad thought it was important for Kevin to get acclimated in his new home base. Those were the exact words he used, according to Kevin. I believed it. His dad always talked to Army Talk. Tell your father he's a major bummer, I had written back. Pretty clever, don't you think? 
dawn pulled open the heavy doors to the auditorium. A few heads in the back rows turned to stare at us. Up on stage, Miss Ryan had already begun making announcements. Mr. Abner was standing near the back doors. He caught my eye and glared as we took seats in the back row. Mrs. Bartlett has asked me to announce that this week you can return overdue library books without paying fines, Miss Ryan was saying. So I hope you all take advantage of this special opportunity. If you've got overdue library books, please bring them in. She rustled through her notes. Now we can get on to the main business of this assembly, which is to announce our five prom queen candidates. This news was greeted with applause and a few catcalls from some of the guys. Miss Ryan stared out over the microphone until she had silence. Then she turned toward her principal, who was waiting a few steps behind her. Mr. Seawall? Mr. Seawall was short, pudgy, and bald. He looked kind of like a character from Sesame Street, so we nicknamed him The Muppet. He stepped up to the mic, holding a white index card in his hand. All at once I felt a rush of excitement. I knew it wasn't cool of me, but I was really into the prom. A lot of my friends were. We seniors were the only ones allowed to vote. I had voted for Rachel. Rachel wasn't the most popular girl in the class or anything, but that was mainly because she was so shy. Well, I guess it was also because she had a bitter streak in her about being poor and all. But once you got to know her, she was really sweet and a good friend. Maybe being elected prom queen would help her out of her shell. Not much of a chance of her winning, though. Before we begin, the Muppet said, I'd like to say a few words about the tragedy that occurred in the Shadyside area yesterday. Rachel and I exchanged glances. Dawn put her finger in her mouth and mind gagging. I hope, began Mr. Seawall, we all hope, that the police catch this killer as soon as possible. In the meantime, I don't want anyone to panic. I do think that all girls should be specially careful for a while. Great way to keep from panicking, whispered Dawn. Okay, the principal continued. Now, on with the show. He chuckled as if he had told the greatest joke in the world. The votes are in, he waved the card. As you know, the top five vote-getters become nominees for prom queen. What I'd like to do is read off the names of the five winners and ask them to come forward and join me on the stage. I'm going to do this alphabetically. He smiled, glanced down at his card, then looked back up, letting the suspense build. Then finally, he said, Elizabeth McVeigh. For a moment, I had absolutely no reaction. I didn't recognize my own name. Dawn started slapping me on the back and yelling, Way to go, Lizzie! I nearly tripped on my way up the aisle, and since we had been sitting in the back, I had a long way to go. I felt a little dizzy. When I got on stage, Mr. Seawall shook my hand. I wish I'd remember the assembly that day. I was wearing a pretty ratty pair of jeans and my dad's all-blue cotton work shirt. My long, curly hair was still wet from the locker room shower. My hair is light brown at best, honey brown my mom always calls it, but when it's wet, it's just plain brown. I brushed my wispy bangs out of my eyes. They fell right back down. The Muppet leaned back over the mic and said, Our second prom queen nominee is Simone Perry. There was a big burst of applause. Simone stood up and started sidestepping between rows toward the aisle. Simone was dressed in her flashiest outfit, a silky black blouse and a leather skirt. I guessed that she'd remember there was an assembly that day. As she headed toward the stage, she kept tossing back her long dark hair with a dramatic shake of her head. Congratulations, I whispered when she took her place next to me. Thanks, she said, whispering back. I wasn't surprised when she forgot to add, you too. I like Simone, but she had a tendency to forget that the whole world didn't revolve around her. Alana Potter, Mr. Seawall announced next. More applause. Alana stood up with a big smile and walked bouncily up the aisle. 
She didn't look surprised at all. No wonder. She was one of the most popular girls at Shadyside, as she well knew. Two more to go. I peered into the back of the hall where Dawn and Rachel were sitting. I knew Dawn must be freaking. She was probably angry that she hadn't been announced first, even if Mr. Sewell was going by the alphabet. Dawn Rogers! Dawn gave a whoop and clapped her hands. She wasn't the only one clapping. In fact, she was getting the most applause so far. She pumped her fist in the air as she headed toward the stage. That got another round of applause. It was the gesture she always used after she scored an important point in a tennis match. Dawn was the girls' team captain. And last but not least, Mr. Sewell glanced at the card. Rachel West! Dawn was a hard act to follow. The applause for Rachel was less than thunderous. I did what I could and clapped until my palms hurt. Rachel didn't seem to mind that she didn't get the most applause. She was smiling and blushing almost the color of her red hair as she joined me on stage. Now, as you all know, the prom is fast approaching. Just five weeks away, the Muppet continued. Dawn clapped her hands and enthusiastically cried, All right! But what you seniors don't know, said the Muppet, is that, as a special treat, I've been able to rent the newly refurbished Halsey Manor House. He waited for applause. It never came. We all knew the Halsey Manor House was right in the middle of the Fear Street Woods, the place where the murdered Stacy had just been found. He went on. That should make for quite a party, don't you think? The Fear Street Woods. Right then, it didn't sound like a place I'd want to go, much less go dancing. Maybe by the end of May it would seem like a good place for the prom. Maybe, but I doubted it. As Mr. Seawall went on with his speech, I glanced at the other girls on stage. I knew these girls so well that I bet I knew what each of them was thinking. Mr. Mead, my English teacher the year before, had taught it to us. He said it was a good game for writers to play. I hadn't written much besides long letters to Kevin in Alabama, but I wanted to write some day. I started with Simone. Simone was the star of our drama club, and she looked the part. She was tall, dark, and, well, dramatic-looking. She was also very insecure, which I guess showed she was meant to be an actress. She was crazy about her boyfriend, Justin, and more than a little bit possessive. In fact, she was staring at him right then. I could tell by following her gaze out into the audience. I decided what she was thinking was, who was Justin talking to, and why isn't he paying attention to me? Next, I focused on Alana. Ilana was very pretty in a delicate, old-fashioned way, and she knew how to dress to bring it out. Right then, for instance, she had on a white frilly blouse and a dark green wraparound skirt. She was smiling, showing off a perfect row of white teeth. She was like someone you'd see on a TV commercial. Everything came easily to Alana, always had. She got straight A's without seeming to, and her family had oodles of money, so she got whatever she wanted. She was so happy and friendly, though, that it was hard to hold it against her. What was she thinking right then? Boy, being nominated sure is fun. Maybe someday I'll be nominated President of the United States. When I made contact with Dawn, she nodded at me, her blue eyes gleaming. I stared at her for a moment, admiring her tan. We've been going through our usual end-of-April rainy spell, but Dawn always had a tan, no matter what the weather. Her long, wavy blonde hair gleamed shiny and golden, as if she'd been out in the sun for hours. She probably had. Dawn was an ace at tennis and every other sport, including boys. I knew what she was thinking. It was in her eyes. I'm going to win. Now, the Muppet was saying, I know each of you would love to be elected prom queen. And this year, there's even more reason to want to win. The queen will receive a special $3,000 scholarship, donated by Gary Brandt's father at Brandt Chevrolet. As he made this announcement, I happened to be looking to my left at Rachel. I could see her emerald eyes light up when he made that announcement. 
It was like in a cartoon when dollar signs appeared in somebody's eyes. The money would mean a lot to Rachel, I knew. Hey, I wouldn't have minded $3,000 myself. As I've already mentioned, Rachel's family was kind of poor, at least compared to the rest of ours. Rachel was the only kid I knew who had to work after school. It got her frustrated because it took time away from her schoolwork, and her grades were suffering as a result. She said she might not be able to go to college. I'd often thought that was why she was so shy, feeling as if she wasn't as good as the rest of us. She didn't even know how pretty she was. Mr. Seawall's next words brought me back to the present. School dismissed. There was the usual end-of-day pandemonium. People were shouting congratulations to me and the other nominees. Before I could get off the stage, Dawn grabbed me by the arm. I'm going to win, she whispered fiercely in my ear. I can just feel it. I smiled at her. Over the years, I'd gotten used to Dawn's competitive boasting. It was as if she thought life was a game and she had to psych everyone out so she'd win. As I was going down the stage steps, Simone brushed past me and almost knocked me over. I watched as she made her way through the crowd toward Justin. She seemed pretty angry, and Justin had an embarrassed grin on his face. Uh, Lizzie? It was Rachel. With that quiet voice of hers, I almost didn't hear her. Do you want to come over and study tonight? She asked. I'd like to, I said genuinely, but my parents told me this morning they want me home early, and they don't want me going out after dark. I'm an only child. Maybe that's why my mom and dad have always been so overprotective. But this time I didn't mind it. With a killer on the loose, being overly protected sounded just great. I could still see Simone arguing heatedly with Justin. Amazing. How much trouble could he get into during one assembly? Justin uttered an exasperated cry, threw his hands up in the air, and hurried out. I can't believe I was nominated, Rachel said. Why not, I replied. You deserve it. I know, she cracked. I just didn't know anyone else knew. I laughed as Alana walked up to us. Her perfect little apple cheeks were flushed red with excitement. She resembled a porcelain doll. It's time to celebrate, she said. How about we all go to Pete's Pizza? I'm driving. I've got the Mercedes today. Rachel flashed a broad smile. She always got a thrill at being included in any group outing. Way to go, Alana, Brad Coleman said, clapping her on the back as he hurried past. Anything for a chance to touch her, I thought. Smiling a perfect smile, Alana called back her thanks. She tossed her short blonde hair. Simone! Simone was about twenty yards away, an unhappy scowl on her face. I can't believe it, she grumbled, walking over to us. During the assembly, I saw Justin coming on to Meg Dalton. If he goes out with her behind my back, I'll kill him. It's funny. That silly threat was the first thing that flashed through my mind two days later when we learned that Simone had disappeared. Chapter 2 This is so cool, Alana yelled over the noise of the car radio, which was cranked up all the way. I mean, trying to guess which one of us will be prom queen. We had all piled into Alana's parents' silver Mercedes and were headed for Pete's Pizza. I was in the back seat between Rachel and Simone. Dawn was in the front, changing the radio stations nonstop. Dawn, turn that down, screeched Simone, staring into a green folder in her lap. I'm trying to learn my lines. For the drama club's spring production, Robbie Barron was directing The Sound of Music. The show would be performed on the Friday night of prom weekend to kick off her spring festival. Simone was playing Maria von Trapp, of course. She always was the star, even though she didn't make a very convincing none. Dawn clicked off the radio and said, You're right, Alana. One of us is going to be prom queen, but I'm the only one who knows who. Me. Simone leaned forward. You'll win for humility, that's for sure, she said sarcastically. If I wanted to win a humility contest, I could win it, Dawn said. No one can beat me at anything. I glanced at Rachel, and she rolled her eyes. 
Ilana pulled into the Division Street Mall and glided into a parking space near the restaurant. Lock up, she told us, hopping out. Sure, muttered Rachel as she got out of the car. We wouldn't want the car to be stolen. It'd be at least a day before her dad could buy her another one. I laughed quietly. I didn't know how else to react to Rachel's bitterness. I had to admit I was feeling good, really happy. But then Rachel brought up the murder again. The restaurant was packed. We had trouble finding a table for five. When we found one, way in the back, it took hours for a waitress to appear to take our order. The pizza had finally arrived, and we were grabbing for slices when Rachel said, What if the mayor gives us an early curfew because of the killer? Everyone groaned. Seriously, Rachel insisted. What if we can't have the prom because of that dead girl, Stacy? Gee, Rachel, Dawn said. You were criticizing me for not being sensitive. I mean, a girl gets murdered and all you can think about is the prom? Rachel blushed. That's not what I meant, she muttered. I mean, I... Oh, never mind. Simone had a thoughtful expression on her face. I asked her what she was thinking. About my parents, she replied, frowning. Here, I'm the star of this play, and I bet they won't come to see me. She dropped her pizza slice onto her plate. When I tell them about being a prom queen candidate, they won't even say a word. Simone, I chided her. I know they care. They're just busy, that's all. The only thing I keep thinking about is this killer. Isn't there anything we can do to protect ourselves from this psychopath? Elena said, obsessing about the killer. I said, maybe we could all disguise ourselves as guys. Simone immediately took up my idea. She lowered her voice. Hey, there aren't any young high school guys here, Mr. Serial Killer, she growled. You must have the wrong house. She rubbed her nose roughly like a guy would and coughed as if to spit. By then, we were all laughing. Whenever I thought Simone was too self-centered to bother with, she acted funny, and then I forgave her. You know what? Dawn said. I don't think I'm going to sleep so hot tonight, either. You'll sleep better than I will, Rachel told her. I'm the one who lives on Fear Street, remember? Just then, two hands closed around her neck. Gotcha, a male voice said. It was Gideon Miller, Rachel's boyfriend. Not funny, Rachel cried, but she smiled up at him anyway. Were you girls talking about me? Gideon asked, grinning. No, actually, said Dawn, we were talking about the killer. That's cheerful, Gideon said dryly, rolling his eyes. Hey, is Rachel going to win the $3,000? He asked and put his hands on her shoulders. What do you care? Rachel asked. If I win, you don't think I'd share it with you, do you? Even you aren't that egotistical. Gideon laughed. Oh, big word, big word. Have you been studying your vocabulary list today? He waved to the guys he was with, who were waiting for him just inside the glass doors. No, I just thought if you won, maybe you'd take me to a movie or something. Maybe, Rachel teased. Gotta go, Gideon said. He gave Rachel's shoulders a squeeze and headed off to join his friends. What were we talking about? Simone asked, pulling all the pepperoni off her slice and stuffing it into her mouth. The killer, Rachel replied, her eyes following Gideon. Please, Alana wiped her mouth primly with a napkin. Enough talking about this killer business. I mean it. All right, Dawn said. We'll talk about something else. I know. Let's talk about the prom and about how I'm going to be elected queen. I've got a better idea. What about the two-minute speeches we have to give to the entire school, Alana suggested. Have any of you thought about them? Just then I had an idea. It was kind of a variation on Mr. Mead's game. Let's do each other's speeches, I said. Everyone's expression was blank. It'll be fun, I said, explaining, right now. All right, Simone said. I'll do Dawn. She tilted her head back and put her hair behind her ears the way Dawn wore hers. She stuck her jaw out as Dawn did when she was feeling competitive, which was just about always. It was amazing. 
With just a few simple gestures, Simone had transformed herself into Dawn. Everyone began to laugh. Dawn the loudest, clapping her hands as if she really found Simone amusing. I knew she hated it, though. Hi, Simone began. My name's Dawn Rogers. Yeah! She pumped her fist in the air in victory. Right on, shouted some jocks at a nearby table. Dawn had a big grin on her face, but she was blushing. She had to be blushing pretty hard to see it through her tan. Anyway, continued Simone, let's face it, I'm your next prom queen. We all clapped. Simone acknowledged the applause by pumping her fist again, laughing harder. Dawn said, okay, my turn, I'll, but Simone kept going. Now, I know there are four other candidates, Simone continued, but as you all know, I'm number one in everything I do, so... Okay, Dawn jumped up, her eyes flashing. My turn, here's Simone's speech. I was beginning to think this wasn't such a bright idea after all. But I'm not finished yet, Simone said. My name's Simone Perry, Dawn said, ignoring her. She tossed her hair back the way Simone always did. Gee, I have so many people to thank for winning this Oscar for Best Actress. Oops, what am I saying? I mean, for winning Prom Queen. Now it was Simone's turn to pretend to be enjoying it. I'd just like to say that I'm such a sensitive artist, cooed Dawn, that I'm the only one capable of playing the role of a queen. She took a deep bow, then sat down and smiled sweetly at Simone. How did I do? You know, I said, maybe we should... My name is Rachel West, said Alana, standing up. Oh no, I thought, Alana, please. And, uh, Alana imitated Rachel's slow way of talking. Uh, well, I'm kind of poor. Ha ha, said Rachel. I could see she had been stung but she had a big grin plastered across her face. Simone was laughing as Alana went on. I, I, uh, wanted to prepare a speech, but I couldn't afford it. Rachel let out a loud, extra fake guffaw. Gee, that's so funny, I almost forgot to laugh. Glad you liked it, Alana responded. I really did, Rachel grinned. I could see she was trying to think of something cutting to say, but she couldn't, so she just sat there, smiling. Do Alana's speech, Simone coaxed. Simone, I said, I think this is getting out of... All right, Rachel said, I will. She stood up. My name's Alana Potter. It doesn't matter if I'm prom queen or not. If I lose, my father will just send me on a trip to Europe until I'm feeling all better. She flipped one side of her hair and lolled her head around the way Alana always did. Simone and Dawn were hysterical. Alana's smile was frozen on her face. No, but seriously, if there's anyone here who's thinking of not voting for me... Rachel imitated Alana's flirty laugh. I'll pay you a thousand dollars to change your mind. Alana clapped loudly. Not bad, she said, but I don't have to buy anyone's vote. If you heard the applause today, you'd know that. Well, you can't buy mine, Rachel shot back, sitting down again. For a long moment, no one said a thing. You could tell that everyone had gone just a little bit too far. Honesty is a good policy, but not too much honesty. Great game, Lizzie, Dawn finally said. Now someone's got to do you. That's okay. Don't do me any favors. No way, Dawn persisted. Everybody plays, right, Simone? But Simone wasn't listening. She was staring past us toward the front window of the restaurant. Simone? I said. Simone's face had gone white. Oh, no, she mumbled. She stood up fast, knocking over my sprite. The soda splashed all over Dawn and me. We both jumped out of our seats at the same time. Oh, no, Simone repeated. No. She had a look of total horror on her face. She screamed, No, stop, and then raced out of the restaurant.